All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, a wicked Wednesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live, as always, on uh, Orders Nation YouTube, as we uh, oh, get set up here properly. There we go. All right. All right. Things are good. Things are looking better now. A little bit better. All right. All right. Here we go. How are you? It is game day. Finally, the Oilers back in action, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Uh, the uh, Hurricanes, there's a lot of statistics that would look and say, geez, you know, the Canes, their save percentage is the worst in the National Hockey League, but they're 14, 9, and 1. And their save percentage is rather misleading. They are 16th in the NHL, right middle of the pack in goals against. But they're dead last in save percentage. And and part of that is they don't give up a lot of shots. So they averaged the fewest shots against in the NHL at 26, 24.6 per game. So what happens is let's say your goalie gives up three goals in a game, which isn't crazy amount. But because you're only averaging 26, 24 shots against, well, now you're at like an 875 or 887 save percentage where lots of other goalies give up three, but you face the average 30 shots and you're at 900. So that that's part of it. Obviously, their goaltending hasn't been good enough. Freddie Anderson has only played six games. Uh, he is out indefinitely. He has blood clotting issues, which is uh, obviously a, a concern for him. So you hope that uh, that he'll be fine. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Antti Ranta, now he's six and four, but he's got an 859 save percentage and a 3.33 goals against average. 
So uh, he's he's definitely a guy that you can get to. Right, uh, he's been banged up. Uh, Kochkov hasn't played much better uh, when he's got in. Although his like his save percentage, if you look at it, you're like, oh, that's is awful. But then his goals against is only two point eight. Like he's only averaging two point eight goals against. It kind of faces you know. 2019, 18 shots. So that uh, that's a little bit of a factor uh, for him. Meanwhile, the order, Stuart Skinner. If you look at his season numbers, obviously not ideal. Got an 881 save percentage, 3.16 goals against average, 8-7-1. But he, like the Oilers, much better as of late. Skinner has won his last four starts. The orders are 4-0. He's got a 931 save percentage in that time. Good. So Skinner and the order's defense, as you've all seen, has been uh, better lately. And uh, we will see if uh, that continues tonight. Uh, there's a few things against the Hurricanes you got to be aware of. As uh, It is a Gregor show presented by PlayAlberta.ca as we go inside some of the numbers. And, of course, uh, Oilers actually, guess what? Still a little bit of a slight favorite tonight at home against Carolina. So, hey, there's people still have faith in them. Now, the Oilers have only won five of 15 games against Carolina in the uh, McDavid era. The uh, Hurricanes this year, if they lead after the first period, they're 7-1. If they lead after the second period, they're 7-0. Playing from behind is not ideal. Now, the Edmonton Orders, under Chris Knobloch, are 3-1 and one when not scoring the first goal. The only loss, of course, was Carolina when they got spanked. And they were down 4 nothing, 5-1 early in the, uh, what, 22 minutes in that game. It was not an ideal performance. So... We, uh, the orders obviously want to be better. Will there be a little bit of rust? I don't know. Guess what? They can't afford it. The good news is Carolina's worst period has been their first period. They've been outscored in the first period. They And really, their their first period overall numbers are flattering because they outscored the orders 4-1 to one in the one period. Uh, the, the rest of the season, they are, uh, they're minus 6 in the first period after being plus 3 against the orders. We will, uh, we will see. We do know that uh, Philip Broberg's not in the lineup. Mm. He's part of the organization. I don't expect a trade right away. As, as I mentioned yesterday late on the show, the, uh, the best thing for Broberg and the orders is you send him to the minors. He should have been there. We've been talking about this for a month. Right? Like For the longest time, Ken Holland's talked about young guys needing to over-ripen in the minors. Well... You didn't do it last year with Dylan Holloway. And then you finally sent him down. And then unlucky, he got injured his first game. But he was playing five minutes a night. Why? You can go You can go get any veteran. You can play Brad Malone five minutes a night. It ain't going to make a difference. Philip Broberg now, this season, has played a grand total of 100 minutes. Now, I, there's a few things I think the organization, I don't love how they've handled his ice time lately, but let's be honest here. Philip Broberg was a regular in the lineup last season, and then Vincent DeHarnay, undrafted player, doesn't have the pedigree, doesn't get the one, two, three, nine strikes in your out that a lot of first-rounders get, and I understand why they get that. That's I understand it. I get it. But to me, I give two squirts where you were drafted now. Like, you were drafted four and a half years ago in the first round. So what? How are you playing today? And guess what? Philip Broberg, by the coaches who saw him in the minors more than anyone up close, and DeHarnay, who did they opt to play more? DeHarnay. Now, why was that? Now, he's a right shot, 
and the left side, well, when they acquired Matias Ekholm, made it harder. That is fair. Now, Broberg has played the right side lots. But he didn't play as well as Vincent DeHarnay. That can't be overlooked. You can't just say, well, the owner's got to play him. Like, I get all these, well, you just got to play him. Why? Well, because you drafted him in the first round. So? You got to... Once hey, where you were drafted is one thing. Now you got to prove it to get into the NHL. It's damn hard to get in, and then it's even harder to stay in. Right? That's just the truth. So Vincent DeHarnay, whether you're drafted in the first round or you're drafted in the seventh round, if you're a good player for your team, then you're going to play. To me, it's that simple. So, wow, geez, we got to get this first rounder more and more looks. Is he better than the other guy? Well, no. Well, then what are we doing? So Philip Broberg is partially responsible that Vincent DeHarnay took ice time from him. Right? They were playing him on the right side. They took ice ice time from him. So he needs to uh he needs to be better when he gets in. Right now I can understand it's very difficult to play this year, no question. Difficult to play this season. I don't argue that for a moment. Okay. But I, I'm not just gonna excuse the play well he's a first rounder. There's lots of first round. We can go, and not just, there's lots of first rounders around the NHL that are drafted in the first round. And that's because at that stage of their career, when they're very young, 17 or 18 years of age, they had more potential. But four years later, guess what? Potential, if you start above guy, you don't automatically get gifted to stay there for the next decade. Well, I had more potential at 17 and 18. I must automatically have more at 22 and 23. No, it's not how it works. Now, Broberg's still very young, right? Now, and here's a great example. So, Phil, I'm going to give you two numbers, Connor Halley. Philip Broberg has played 79 NHL games, got two goals, nine assists, 11 points. He's averaged 12 minutes and 36 seconds a game. Then you have Arbor Jacki, undrafted, exact same age as Philip Broberg. He's played 65 NHL games, has six goals, 10 assists, 16 points, averaged 15 minutes a night. Did you see Montreal just sent him down? And I'm going to read you the quote from his head coach, because I, I do find it interesting. All the, oh, my goodness, Philip Broberg, he's down. He's going to get sent to the minors. How is he going to survive? Well, because guess what? It's hard to be in the NHL, and it's even harder to stay in the NHL. It's just how it goes. And I want to get the, uh, where is, oh, yeah, here it is. He's a young player, and this demotion is part of his process of reaching the highest ceiling as a professional athlete. Every player goes through stages of development, and he is no exception. It's about honing his skills and gaining valuable experience, which will contribute to his growth as a player. That's Marty St. Louis talking about Jack Guy, who has been a more impactful player on the scoreboard when it comes to physicality than Philip Broberg ever has. I don't see him asking for a trade. I don't see him. I don't see everybody saying, well, what are they doing? Right? Sometimes you got to take a step back to the people that think Philip Broberg is somehow being grossly wronged and say, hey, wait a sec. It's hard to get to the NHL. I don't care where you're drafted. DeHarnay and Jack Guy undrafted. Right? You, you want to grind? You want to get there? It's hard. So I, if you want to be frustrated, that's totally valid. But totally valid if you're frustrated. I can respect that. Right? Broberg's got to play. So get him to the minors and play. I if no if no defenseman is injured tonight, 
that Broberg, without question, if he's not sent to the minors, either right after the game or tomorrow, whenever they want to do the transaction, I want to know the answer why. Because there, there is no explanation that's valid to say, well, we're going to keep him up here. No, he needs to play. And your organizational depth is better off if he's playing. Because if he sits up here for another two weeks and then one of your D-men get injured, now you're going to play him? He hasn't played in a month? What the hell does that do? Get him to the minors. Doesn't mean his career's over. And guess what? Just because he wants to trade, so what? I wouldn't trade him. You're not going to get any value for him. And he's got a lot of potential still. So he can go down to the minors. He can play 20, 22, 24 minutes a night. Start feeling good about his game again. And then if an injury occurs in Edmonton, then you recall him. And whether it's Cam Deneen or Tim Gleason to sit in the press box, great. They can sit in the press box. You don't need, they're not going to play ahead of anybody in the orders right now. They don't need to. It's a harsh part of the business, but they're getting an NHL paycheck for two weeks. Awesome. That'll be, you know, it's a huge improvement from, uh, from their minor salary, right? Especially in the case of Dean. Gleason's uh, got a pretty good American League deal, but still, I don't know anybody's not like, hey, so wait a second, get a little bit more money for a few weeks. Yeah, I'll take it. So that's what the order should do. But I'm, I'm curious why there, there's been a change under Ken Holland, who's always, hey, you know what? I like guys to over-ripen. But you didn't over-ripen Holloway, and now you haven't done it with Broberg. Now, at the start of the year, Broberg played the first three games. So I get it. You know, you wait a month or whatever. But the last two weeks, you easily could have made a switch. Right? And I don't care. Honestly, I don't care if the player says he wants to get to know the new coach. You're not playing him. So I don't care. I hate to say it, that's harsh. But the new coach, if you go, if this guy goes down to the minors and is playing lots and feeling confident, then if you need to put him in the lineup, he'll be put in. And then you can showcase what it is. So whatever. They've delayed it. It's it's not the end of the world. But get him to the minors and get him to the minors right away. Uh coming up on the Gregor show today, we got uh, lots we'll get to all that. Also, it's month of giving. We've had a great start, baby. We've got two awesome packages uh, for you today. The uh, first one is our uh, ultimate made-to-measure experience, courtesy of uh, Sterling and everybody at uh, Mr. Dirk. So you get $1,500 towards uh, two outfits that are handpicked by Sterling to fit your style. So you know, kind of give him a, a sense of what you like to dress, and then trust me, he will put you in stuff that you'll be like, whoo, mama, I'm looking good, right? Blazer, shoes, jeans, everything. Then you get an additional $500 in, in gift certificates. So there's two grand right there. All the tailoring of the clothes is included on top of it. And you'll get an in-store consultation with Sterling to uh, ensure that you got the proper wardrobe, okay? Because there's certain, you don't want to be strutty, right? You don't want to have mix, m- missing certain things. And you probably might not even know what you're missing. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. It's great. So uh, that's coming in. That's package number one. So if you bid today, put package number one, your name and your bid, please. And uh, we are helping out Brightview Elementary Breakfast Program. Think about that for a second. Just so kids, when they get to school, can have something to eat. Because everybody knows the science behind it. It's much harder to learn and retain information if you're hungry. And so the money you spend, and 100% of it will go to, to the kids. And so every time you're looking in the mirror, you're looking good, you can know that you helped a lot of kids. Just have a meal. One of the most basic, simple things that we should all have. A nice, good meal to start their day. And that's what they get to the uh, Brightview Elementary Breakfast Program. Package number two, courtesy of the Ranch Golf and Country Club. You get 10 rounds with power cart, uh, driving range, and everything. 
Then you also have you and two friends will uh, tee it up with their head pro, Sean Piercy. Uh, he'll treat you for lunch and some beverages. And also, if you want any tips, of course, a certified pro can give you any golf tips while you're on the course. Then you'll have another day where you and a buddy will uh, show up, uh, GM Murray McCord and our own Kevin Carius on the morning show. Quite the hack. We'll uh, be there. And uh, it's a spirited match. Maybe if you want some friendly wagering. And uh, those two will be uh, taking care of lunch and bevies as well. All right. So you get a lot of golf at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Uh, you're going to have some uh, some great uh, days out with uh, Piercy and then McCourt and uh, Carius as well. So that's package number two. So if you're bidding, package one is Dirks. Package two is the Ranch. And uh, with the Ranch, we're helping out uh, Operation Friendship Senior Society today. All right. So eight three three. 401-1440. Sorry, Gregor, uh, just to mention, I don't know if Carius went rogue or what it was, but he started the bidding earlier today, and it's up to 1250 from Terry. There we go. So there's Perfect. a starting yeah. bid. No, hey, we got a 1250 I like it from Terry. No, no, uh, Kevin, he just forgot, so he mentioned it to you, but he didn't mention it to me. No, 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 he's he's involved, of course, he can talk about it on a show. So Terry's got it, we start out at 1250 Awesome. And then uh, Eddie came in at uh, 500, and now now Doug's in at 1,000 for uh, Mr. Dirk, so we're off and running already. Gregor, Connor's up to 2,000. Connor is. Not like, me. Like yourself? I mean, I could use that package. That is correct, but it is a different Connor. Okay, there, another Connor. I like it, so there we go. Connor knows good value when he sees it, so boom. 1250 with Eddie, two grand with uh, Connor, and uh, we are off and uh, running here on the month of giving. Coming up on the program today, a jam-packed show. Now, because the orders haven't played in a long time, we're, we're, we have a kind of a different guest today for um, uh, Who Is It Wednesday? We're not going to have a full hour. We're going to have a few different guests uh, lined up for that. But uh, we already got our, our next two Who Is It Wednesday guests lined up. But uh, today we're going to go uh, a few guests. Uh, Chuck and Paul Sir will join us in hour number one. Vincent DeHarnay will be by in the uh, 3 o'clock hour. We'll hear from uh, uh, Austin Mock uh, talking uh, NFL. Hour number three, uh, Mike Rupp will be by, of course. Uh, also the voice of the Hurricanes, uh, Mike Maniscalco will uh, join us. We got uh, Speck. We'll get to the uh, ski report a little bit later on. Also, uh, we'll go into the uh, lineup for the Edmonton Oilers. Really, uh, no changes. The, the only question mark is Ernie or Gagne on the fourth line. You have Yanmark has been skating the last few days with McLeod and Fogel. The top six are the same. Brown with uh, Kane and Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and McDavid. D pairs, obviously, they're not changing. Nurse CeCe, Ekholm Bouchard, Kulak, and DeHarnay, and Stuart Skinner will get the start in goal uh, going up against uh, looks uh, we're pretty sure it's Atlanta tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes who hey they got a really good defense score and this this should be a good matchup but the orders have struggled lately against Carolina only one one of the last six meetings and uh, the Hurricanes if they get up early they're hard to come back on so the uh, start will be key tonight for the Edmonton Oilers well we'll take a quick break we'll come back on the Jason Greger show presented by PlayAlberta.ca 2.22 on Wednesday edition, game day, the Gregor Show. Welcome back live in the Ewell studio, E-W-E-L.ca. Everybody over there, big shout out. They're all fired up as the uh, orders are, are still in the NHL. Seals like forever since they played, but uh, they are back in action tonight against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. For all your wholesale electrical needs, it's E-W-E-L.ca. I do have to read this text because I don't like it. Hey, Gregor, 
I haven't put an Orders jersey on for the last four wins, but the wife and I are going to the game tonight, so I'm putting on the Heritage Classic, and it has a minus three record this year. The five-gamer will have to wait from Pillman. Pillman, normally I like you. I'll tell you right now. I don't cheer for wins, but I'm cheering for a Carolina loss. As I look into the mirror every day and I see how awful my uh, hair is looking, and it's only, I still have, even if they win tonight, I still have nine more weeks of this garbage. Which, of course, I understand completely that I have no one else to blame but myself for my own stupidity. So I get it. But, yeah. Um, as I said to Connor, I liked the option that he put on the table the next day. But I still feel like it was just, you know, to give me a sliver of hope. And then only, it's like the Charlie Brown, right? Uh, he's just he's just Peppermint Patty. And then he's just waiting. He's just going to pull the ball out of the way the last minute. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Because I can tell you right now. Nine more weeks, I can wrap my head around and feel like I got out of jail. 22 weeks? That's a, that's a sentence that I, like, I can't barely stand right now how it looks. I can only imagine how awful it'll be. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, uh, promote the ring of confidence for gentlemen. Sure, I will. I just won't like it. So it's two different things. Uh, also, we're up to uh, 1500 now on the golf uh, package. From uh, Emil. So uh, nice. Got Connor at two G's at the Dirks package in the golf. It's uh, at the ranch up to uh, 1500. So uh, that's an excellent first uh, 20 minutes of the show today. And uh, cause, you know what? Uh, We'll, uh, yeah, okay. We'll add something uh, later on. But let's get to the uh, oil report now brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton.com. You know what they are? They're just an award winning dealership. They're like the Connor McDavid of Volvo. They win awards year after year. Great service, great sales. You have it all at volvocarsedmonton.com. As we uh, welcome in Tyler Uremchuk from uh, Orders Nation to the program. Ty, how you doing? I am doing good. Uh, while I was sitting here listening to you for the last couple of minutes, I kept refreshing Twitter, waiting on Otani news. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh man like i'll say i've seen you and zach and and guys who are like diehard jays fans and i can see why but honestly if they don't get otani it'll be it'll be so devastating because it felt like it was so close when it might never have really been that close you know what i mean like it's there's like finishing second in the otani sweepstakes you might as well finish 32nd it's almost worse to finish second Especially now that like Soto's gone and he's likely going to be a Yankee. So like you missed the boat now on the backup plan if you don't get Otani. But I will say I do think it's serious because Otani flew across the country to tour that Dunedin thing. Like in my mind, if you're really just trying to string the Jays along, you don't make a cross-country flight that you didn't make for any other suitor. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, it is valid, right? And I saw a few players uh, mention, well, yeah, if I was the Jays, I'd be taking them to Dunedin too. It's the best facility out there. So you know what? You pull out all the stops if you can. Uh, I will say, like, to, like there's just the part of me for the only Canadian MLB team to get Otani would be uh, like, I know the Americans would just hate it. So that's kind of why I wanted to see it happen. Yeah, me too. Like just having him in a Jays uniform for 162 games, all the media coverage the Jays would get to. I mean, it would also just in the country, it would explode the Jays popularity as well. The amount of people I've talked to who are like, oh, I'm getting a jersey or I'm going to Toronto next year. or I can't wait to start watching Jays games if they get him. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, there'll be honestly that guy is 
that's one of the play. Now he's not pitching next year, so it's a little bit different, right? But man, if he, the, if the if next the following season he's back pitching and hitting, are you kidding me? I think every game might be sold out because people want to go watch yeah. him. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Well, you know what? Uh, there are some people that uh, really want to watch Philip Broberg. Um, I, I'm not in the camp who feels that the orders are like, oh my goodness, Philip Broberg's not in the lineup that it, that's going to crush him. You, he doesn't require waivers. You send him to the minors and you play him 25 minutes a night. And then he percolates. And when an, an injury occurs, which is likely, then he comes up and plays. Like, I, I get that he's frustrated and, he, and he's got a right to be frustrated. I have no problem with that. He hasn't been playing. But he also didn't want to go to the minors. But the truth is the best thing for his development is to go to the minors and play. Yeah, probably, especially when you look at where the Oilers are as a team right now, both in terms of them wanting to be a Stanley Cup contender at the start of the year. Yeah, you're not just going to gift Philip Broberg minutes. You're going to play your best lineup. And now that they've been struggling, you're not in a position where you can be like, ah, you know, we're going to find ways to get him in here or there. or We're just going to commit to giving him 15 minutes a night for 10 straight games to see where he's at with his development. You can't do that because every game is so important for the Oilers right now. So unfortunately, Broberg's trajectory as a prospect and where the Oilers are at as a team, it just, it doesn't line up. So when I saw the Frank tweet yesterday that, hey, apparently there's going to be permission given for Broberg and his camp to seek a trade, I wasn't that surprised because I also kind of understand Broberg's frustration in all of this. You know, he's been a prospect now for a while. He got 46 games last year in the NHL. And now this year, He's stapled as a healthy scratch. I get the frustration on his side, but I also understand why the Oilers can't give into that frustration right now. Yeah. They, uh, it's it's a very easy solution. You put him in the minors. He plays sure. huge minutes and he stays fresh as far as an in-game ready shape. So when an injury occurs, easy call up and uh, Gleason or Deneen can come and sit in the press box. They're not going to play. Right. And I'm sure that might be disappointing for them, but that's the best thing for usually your number seven defenseman is a veteran guy that you're not worried about stunting their development. Right. That's what it's about. And you know what? E- even though they're probably not better than Broberg at this point. Now, if Broberg goes to the minors and, and isn't playing very well. Well, then sure, you can play one of Gleason or Deneen in the NHL if an injury occurs. But if he goes down there and plays well, Ty, like this is this is set up to be a success for Edmonton. So I. And uh, lots of young guys and lots of players have asked for trades. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, I can tell you that the Oilers leadership group um, uh, opted not to have him speak to the media today. So they're looking out for their young player. So, you know, because people always wonder, oh, you know, the teammates are going to be mad. The teammates never take any guy saying he's frustrated with ice time personally, because most of them have been there at some point in their career, unless you're the elite players on the team. Yeah, I had Luke Gazdick on uh, my show yesterday, and we were talking about this a little bit. And he used an example from the end of his playing days in Edmonton with uh, Todd McClellan, where he went in and was frustrated about his minutes. And Todd McClellan said, it's a chicken or the egg thing. Luke, are you not playing because you're not playing well? Or are you not playing well because you're not getting enough minutes? And that's always the two sides of this thing, right? It's like, okay, is Philip Broberg not developing right because the Oilers aren't giving him enough minutes? Or... Is Philip Broberg not playing because he hasn't earned a spot the way of Vinny DeHarnay has vaulted into the lineup over the last 12 months and earned a spot? Well, here, and that's the other thing that I think you got to remember that Broberg was in Edmonton and playing more when Vincent DeHarnay was recalled from the minors, right? Because Vincent DeHarnay got hurt in training camp last season, didn't start there. 
then went down to the minors, played, then got recalled, and eventually just took the job from Philip Broberg. Now, he is a righty, so he's a natural righty, but Broberg's played the right side, and that was under Manson and Woodcroft, the two guys who had seen Broberg the most. So, to me, that should be a somewhat of a message to say, hey, Phil, I don't care that you're a former first-rounder. Vincent DeHarnay's undrafted. When you're in the NHL, who's ever playing best is going to play, and that's how it should be. Yeah, if you look now since the start of last season, they've played, I believe, identical in terms of the number of games at 56, and their minutes are actually relatively close as well. At 5-on-5, DeHarnay's played 635, Broberg's played 613. The Oilers have, you know, better things have been happening on the ice with DeHarnay there. I mean, you look at not just 5-on-5, but his ability to help out on the PK as well. The fact he starts more in the D zone is just... DeHarnay's come in and grabbed that third pairing spot kind of by the horns and never really let go all that much. And you just unfortunately can't say the same about Broberg. Tyler Ramchuk uh, joins us. Uh, the orders are playing well, though. They're 4 0. Um, the, the main story is that they're, they've calmed down a lot of areas of their game. Uh, they've limited the scoring chances off the rush. Their penalty kill is infinitely better. Uh, their goaltending's better. Their team defense is better. Their offense is better. Like, they're pretty much every element of their team looks good, but now they go up against the one team. Like, if you look around the league, like they've, they've won games against Colorado. They beat other teams. Boston last year, right? One of the, remember they were down two nothing to the Bruins and came back and won. I think it was the only game all year the Bruins lost where they scored first. Yet, they played Carolina tonight. And man, that's like their kryptonite. They've struggled against the Canes significantly. And the other thing, too, is Carolina, I guess somewhat similar to the Oilers, they've continued to look better and better as the year's gone on. They were 17th in goals against per 60 uh, through the month of October, and then they were 7th in the month of November. Now they've only allowed three goals in two games so far here in December. Like, they're starting to look really, really good. Like the cup contender, a lot of people thought they were at the beginning of the season. For me, if you, if you want like a key to victory for tonight, if I'm the Oilers, I'd be nervous about my start. Um, or if I was an Oilers fan listening, I'd be nervous about the start. I think Stuart Skinner is going to have to be real good tonight. I mean, the rest now has set in for him. He got some nights off. That shouldn't be an excuse. I think if Skinner can weather the storm early for the Oilers, then it'll allow them to kind of get their feet out from under him. Yeah, well, that will help. It's funny. The only good news is Carolina's worst period has been their first period. I know the Oilers fans are like, what are you talking about? They crushed them, and they're right. They were up 4 nothing on Edmonton. But their other first periods this year, they've been outscored 25-19, right? So they're minus six in every other game except Edmonton. So the Oilers coming off a five-day break. Maybe there's rust, or maybe you just shoot guys out of a cannon because they're fired up to play, and they're very confident with their group. So I think, though, either way, you don't want to play catch-up on Carolina. They're a team that, uh, if they get out in front, they're 7-0 and when they lead after the first, or, or sorry, 7-1, and 7-0 and when they lead after the second. And the orders, the orders are only 1-6 when they trail after the first, and 2-9 and nine when they trail after the second. So, um, I, you know, if, if we see Edmonton behind here early it's probably not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone was feeling good after the four straight wins. I know you're hoping they get to that fifth straight victory, but this time off has kind of allowed some other teams to also put together good runs. Minnesota's look has looked great since the last time the Oilers have played. Like, they're still 26th, I believe, in points percentage in the NHL. Like, as much as the four wins helped, the Oilers are very far from being out of the woods here. Oh God, no, they got to, you know, they got, and it's going to take some time. I said, the orders aren't going to be in a playoff position until the new year. Unless they basically go, you know, undefeated in the month of December. 
right? Like it's just a they they've got games at hand now that they got to make up, and they don't have a condensed schedule. Like they're four, they got four games at hand on Seattle, and they're only three points back. They got three games at hand on Anaheim, they're one back, so they'll catch them eventually. But they only play every second day. Uh, they don't have a really condensed schedule. They only have one back to back before Christmas, and that's on the 21st and the 22nd. So, um, you know, Edmonton fans, as I've said, it's better off not looking at the uh, at the at the standings because it's going to take a while for them to get close to to or actually back in a playoff spot. Even if they play well, like they could win three. Let's say they win their next three tie, and that's seven in a row. You know, they're still would even if they win those three, they still wouldn't be in a playoff spot if if all the other teams lost their games. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, too, with the way the schedule is lined up right now is outside of Minnesota, you're not playing any other teams that are around you in the standings, right? So, I mean, even if the Oilers go 4-1-1 one, one in this stretch, I mean, if every team around them goes 3-3, three and three, the Oilers have only gained three points on those teams, right? And that's with an incredible stretch from the Oil and average hockey from everyone else. So the fact that they don't really have any four-point swings on the horizon here, like really at all of this month because even towards the end when you play pacific teams it's san jose la and anaheim those teams are all on the opposite ends of the spectrum from you you're sitting right in the middle so not a lot of four-point games which again puts some more pressure on the oilers to make sure they're keeping pace and also helps them though if they lose a few like if you lose some overtime games there it's not going to help you long term and not going to hurt you as much as if you lose an overtime game to a minnesota or an arizona man where are you on the coyotes are you believing in the coyotes as uh the uh, the mullet arena is a place to be all of a sudden yeah good chance to uh let me plug that oilers nation's taking a nation vacation down there in february so if people want to come on that trip we're watching hockey in the desert in February, nationgear.ca. Thanks for letting me set that up, Greg. Uh, but I believe in the Coyotes in a weird, weird way. I think they have the cap space and the assets to go out and add a good blue liner, which will really, really help them out. But when I look at that forward group, like Clayton Keller, legit. Nick Schmaltz, I like. I like Lawson Krause. Matias Michelli's been a great story. Logan Cooley, awesome as a rookie. And then just really good support pieces. Some of them, they've picked up off the scrap heap from other teams. So I think it's a great story. The Connor Ingram story is fantastic as well. The way he seems to have settled into the number one spot there. They're getting goaltending. They're playing this really inspired style of hockey. I think Money Puck had them at 68% to make the playoffs the other day. I, I may be closer to 50, but there's a legitimate chance we see the Coyotes in the playoffs this spring. Quickly, uh, going back to Otani, who are like, I, I know you've probably followed and you've, if you weren't following before, you're following like every insider. Is there one that you lean towards more? Cause you're like, well, this guy's telling me what I want to hear. Uh, yeah, like I've made this joke before. I'm believing anything like it could be someone with 2000 <laughs> followers who I've never heard of. And I'm like, they probably know what they're talking about. Um, But I will say the one thing that's kind of changed my tune on it a bit is some of the Jays beat reporters like Scotty Mitchell and Keegan, uh, Keegan Matheson. Matheson as well. Ben Nichols and Smith guys who were pessimistic about it like 10 days ago. I read their stuff all the time. They're now not as pessimistic as they were 10 days ago. And because those guys follow the team so close, I'm kind of like, Ah, that that's giving me a lot of hope right now that some of those Jays beat guys are starting to buy in. What do you think Otani's contract is going to be? I think it will be 12 years, 550 million with something like an opt out every two years. And it'll be his opt out, not the team. His opt out. To make sure they're competitive. I think he, yeah, yeah. I think he has a priority on wanting to be in like a, on a competitive World Series caliber team. And every two years, I think he'll want the ability to go, you're not winning. I'm out. 
So the Jays sign Otani. The first year he's obviously going to be their DH. Will he? But will he only be DH? Can he play? Like, can he play first? Ah, that's a good question. I'm honestly not sure because, again, you would. The logical part of my brain goes, well, if you can't pitch, you probably shouldn't be risking it making throws from first to second, first to home. I know yeah. you don't have to make a ton of them, but like, don't risk it at all and just DH them all year. But that also does kind of hurt your uh, your lineup flexibility a little bit. Not that I will complain about hurt lineup flexibility if they sign Otani. Yeah, like if you have Otani, just pencil him in. He's going to be your number three hitter, right? Oh, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. But, I mean, him sandwiched in between Bichette and Guerrero, oh, that has the potential to be so good. You're getting me all excited, Greg. Mm. What about the rest of their team, though? Right, Because they've lost, like, like who's going to be – is uh, Varsho going to move to center field now? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, it, it, per StatCast and all those metrics, he was a really good, like, high-end center fielder when mm-hmm. they had to play him there last year. So I think the rest of the team will kind of be similar to what it was last year. They still have a very good front four in that rotation. Their uh, Manoa bounce back is unlikely as that seems, away from having a great five-man rotation. Um, and then the rest of things, I mean, you need someone to play third base. It'll probably be a cheap free agent option if you dish out the millions and millions and millions of dollars on Otani and They'll still have some holes elsewhere, but I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't even say like, are they an instant world series contender? If they land Otani, probably not next year. Cause he's not pitching and there still would be significant holes everywhere. Um, but it would be interesting to see if there's a bump in terms of free agents willing to take a cheap flyer, maybe next season to rebuild their value, come to Toronto, hit in that lineup, hit in that hitters ballpark as yes. well. There could be a bump. Yeah, hundred percent. Third base, if they get Otani, that will be the uh, the question. So we'll see, Ty. It. Uh, I know. I, I I've been reading reports. Lots of people think that the decision will be made by Sunday. Whew. I'm not so, going to sleep a wink. We'll see how it goes. Have a good one, my Matt. Thanks, Jay. That's uh, Tyler Amtrak from MotorsNation.com and uh, the Day DFO Rundown podcast. It is uh, two forty one. We'll update you on a month of giving at a really good start. And whew, I always like surprises. I love surprises. We've got a surprise coming up next in the uh, month of giving. And uh, also, we talked about this as far as the schedule goes. And my understanding was it was a floating schedule in the NBA. And because of the in-season tournament, now you've got some teams saying, hey, wait a sec. This is unfair. Because some of the teams now are going to have to play the top teams more regular, more than they normally would. Instead of four times, you play five. Does it really matter, though? We'll discuss it next. The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 247. Welcome back. Lovely uh, Wednesday game day on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube as the Orders taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. The first of a six-game homestand where they play every second day. So tonight, it's Carolina. Friday night, Minnesota. Sunday afternoon, the New Jersey Devils. Next Tuesday, the Connor Bedard Show will make its first appearance in Edmonton. Then you have the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, next Thursday, followed by the uh, Florida Panthers. Or is it the other way around? Either way, it's Tampa and Florida, Florida, Tampa. I can't remember which one, but uh, those are the six teams. So every second day. Uh, you'll go and hey, do you want to go to the game tonight? Well, uh, we have an uh, an additional courtesy of a uh, Madeira Forest products. We have a Loge table for four to tonight's till. Great seats. It's all for charity. If you want to go, make your bid on that. Eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. All right. So now we have three packages today. 
This one's kind of off the cuff. We didn't have a plan. This is a nice uh, added bonus, so we'll take it. That's great. So uh, currently a package number one, the uh, Mr. Dirk package. Now, this is a sick package. And uh, it's at $2,000 right now, which is good. You're, you're going to get a uh, uh, minimum of $1,500 towards two outfits handpicked by Sterling Dirk. Obviously, you'll have some input in it, but he's going to, you know, measure you up, see how you look. Maybe maybe get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, having you looking sharp. Maybe you've never worn a vest, a trendy vest, right, with the blazer suits. They got a lot, and they got some unreal T-shirts there uh, as well. If you're a jeans and T-shirt person, uh, they got everything. You'll also get $500 in uh, gift certificates toward the shirt ties or accessories at Mr. Dirk. Uh, all the tailoring on top of that for any of the clothes you purchase that day are included. And uh, you'll get the in-store consult- consultation with Sterling to kind of go through your wardrobe, find out what you have and maybe what you need in 2024. So you're looking good all the time. So uh, that's currently at uh, uh, $2,000 with Connor, not Howley. Uh, Emil has a uh, package number two currently at 1500 That's the uh, the golf package at the ranch, golf and country club. You get 10 rounds uh, for yourself. Use any time uh, with cart, uh, with, of course, uh, all the driving range. Everything's included with that. Uh, then you'll have one day where you and two friends will uh, tee it up with their head pro, Sean Piercy. And uh, he gets off his wall, buys you lunch and beverages. And also, if you want some on-course instruction... You can do that with Sean. And then another day you're going to go, you and a buddy, you're going to tee it up with uh, GM Murray McCoy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Our own Kevin Carius from The Morning Show. You can uh, trust me. Carius knows every corner of that golf course, mainly the trees, but he does know every part of the course. Okay, very well, intimately. And, uh, you know, it might have a spirited match if you like, but uh, those two uh, gents will be uh, lunch and beverages will be on those two. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. You'll have loads of fun uh, with them. Usually their matches on a weekend. OK, I can tell you that right now. So uh, plan ahead. It'll be great. And that's currently at uh, fifteen hundred dollars for package number two. And now we have uh, package three, which is the uh, uh, the four low seats. All right. Connor's got him. So uh, you can get in on that at. 833-401-1440, and uh, Doug opens that up at uh, 400. All right, there we go, Doug. So uh, we are off 
and running. Thank you very much. It's a good first hour. Now, let's get to the uh, NBA report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one full year on your furnace. It's going to get cold. Don't wait till it conks out and then you're stressed, you're running around, got candles going. Go to Legacy and they will hook you up. Then it'll be great. As uh, we welcome in uh, former pro coach and player Paul Sir joins us. And uh, Paul, there's uh, there's lots going on in the uh, in the NBA. I, I know now because of the uh, the in season tournament and they're getting down to it. To, you know, you got some teams that are suddenly now going to have to play the Celtics and the you know play some of the top teams more right because they had kind of like a floating schedule. And, and that's just, there's no way around it, right? Do, do you think it really matters because now it's not going to be a perfectly even, uh, regular season? And like out of 82, out of 82 games, I think ultimately if you're that good, you'll make the playoffs. I totally agree with you, Jason. It's, it's been a, it's been more confusing sometimes than I think the events actually been worth. But on the flip side, it's created, its own kind of interest. But in the end, the best teams are going to win the most games and are going to qualify for the playoffs, regardless of where the format came from. So uh, I, I think you're really dealing with splitting hairs right now. And, uh, I, I, you know, we're getting down to the short strokes, and people are going to be, uh, I think, excited to see who actually wins this. Uh, LeBron and his Laker group have created a little bit of excitement with LeBron's epic Another epic performance, a questionable timeout. Uh, the Indiana Pacers uh, looking good. Halliburton, great. So I think there's some good storylines in this. They make of a like LeBron James is obviously a ridiculous athlete, and you know what? Uh, he he definitely takes care of himself. I think they've read the story. Like he spends about a million bucks a year in, in all of his training and physio and everything, nutrition. And hey, you know what? Uh, well, athletes today, especially the great ones, and he's one of the greatest are able to maintain their greatness longer than ever before because of all of these advancements. And, you know, you look at, uh, at LeBron, um, what is it like, man, he's having 31 points, 11 boards, eight assists. You know, like he's, he's having a really good year, but th- like they're coming around finally. What do, what do you make of their team though? Do you think they're good enough to truly compete in the playoffs? I, I think they're good enough to truly compete as long as they can stay healthy. LeBron's still, playing a lot of minutes. And as you correctly state, Jason, no one takes his body more seriously or spends more time and focus and money on uh, his greatest asset, which is his body to extend his career at a high level. However, 82 games is 82 games. So it really is the marathon aspect of professional sport. Who is healthy, who is healthiest going into the playoffs. Who has their best players healthy and ready to go? If LeBron and Davis are healthy, the Lakers have to be taken real seriously. Davis is very injury prone. LeBron has been more injury prone. So if all things are equal going into the playoffs, I don't see anybody in the West that's such a clear-cut favorite right now that you wouldn't say the Lakers would have to be in the mix as things sit right now. And we'll wait and see how the season unfolds. What do you make of the Clippers, uh, PJ Tucker? Are, are you? I know they're still out of the playoffs, but you know they're six and four in their last ten. They've crept up into nine, so I guess technically they are. At least they're in for the play-in round. Um, what do you make of the Clippers? Are they? But are they maybe even older than the Lakers? 
<laughs> they are older than the Lakers. And how, to have an old guy like P.J. Tucker make this the very brash statement. Now, this is a guy who didn't score for eight consecutive games. So, And he's calling out his teammates, I think, or maybe he was just tongue-in-cheek when he said there's not enough balls in this world for the L.A. Clippers. Uh, it just was such an – it certainly makes for great conversation. But of all the people to say it is a non-scoring player like P.J. Tucker. But I think he states what's obvious to everybody. Uh, the Clippers are having a hard time. And as you correctly point out, Jason, they're getting better. They're starting to win games with the addition of Harden into the lineup with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Russell Westbrook taking a role of coming off the bench voluntarily. So they're starting to get better, but they're old. They're going to have to stay healthy. They, aside from Kawhi, don't have a proven track record for championships. And so uh, the Clippers right now are not in the mix of the top teams in the West. They have talent. They have name uh, cachet. That's for sure. Whether or not that's going to be good enough for them to make any kind of a serious playoff run, that's a long way down the, a long way down the road. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Paul, sir, joins us. Um, looking at uh, the Raptors, what do you, uh, um, what do you make of the Raptors and where they're like? I didn't expect the Raptors uh, to be good. Right. And, and I think they kind of are what we thought they'd be. You know, they, they might battle, uh, hover around, you know, win 40 games and maybe slide into the number 10 spot or maybe the number nine spot. But you know, like that's just they don't have a superstar. Right. Like they've got, you know, Siakam and Barnes are good, but they're not superstars. Right. So how do yeah. they how do they get out of this? Like to me, they almost might be better off trading some guys and really sucking for a few years to get a top pick. They may have to go the route that. A number of the small market teams have gone, which is are paying dividends now. Uh, Denver, uh, NBA champion, a small market team that built through the draft. Uh, same with Sacramento and some of the other teams this year that are coming into their own. Indianapolis, they're not a contender by any means, but they're getting better and better. And they're putting up some very impressive numbers and they've got a great young core. The Raptors don't quite have that. And a, a Messiah Jury came out this week and said he was committed to building with what pieces they already have in their puzzle. A lot of people are second guessing that, and I think, and I think for good reason. Uh, you've got three of the Raptors that are going to be uh, unrestricted at the end of this season. You can't go into contract negotiations with a Pascal Siakam as an unrestricted free agent. You're going to get a Fred Van Vliet situation. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm with you. I think they have to blow it up. They're not good enough to stay with what they've got, in my opinion. They're certainly not deep enough. And right now you're starting to see that crumbling of what I consider to be a bit of a crumbling of the Raptors culture that really cemented itself after their championship run in 2019. But you hear all the grumbling about rookie Grady Dick, who's over in the D League right now, and people questioning his being chosen. you got to give the kid – I mean, he's a kid. He's a shooter. Yeah. They messed with his shot before the season. They did everything. As far as I'm concerned, they did everything wrong with this guy. So now they've got to let him play through it and play into it. He's going to be a very good NBA player and a good NBA shooter. But right now, within the Raptors faithful and the Raptors culture, you've got a lot of grumbling. I think it's time to move forward, and that means move on. And, uh, Paul, we let you go. A little uh, local uh, b-ball talk. Uh, uh, you know, I know the uh, the – 
uh, Grant McEwen and U of A and the Bears and Pandas, everybody's, uh, their season going on. But, uh, a few, uh, a few, uh, local athletes that are doing quite well in, uh, NCAA Division One. Well, the, and Ben Cricky, who had a phenomenal career at Valparaiso in Indiana in the Missouri Valley Conference. And last year, first team all academic and first team all Missouri Valley led the Missouri Valley in scoring because of the COVID year, transferred over to the Big Ten to the University of Iowa. He's leading the Hawkeyes in, in scoring this year and having a great, great mm-hmm. start to his career this year. What, what, a, what a thrill. And But Ben, you know, Ben's he's a great player, and I think he's going to have – I'm not saying he's going to make the NBA, but he's going to have a lot of NBA teams wanting to work him out after this season if he stays healthy. And the other player is a Calgarian, Yvonne Edgem, who played for the Alberta basketball provincial teams for many years. She was the national women's player of the week last year in the last week in the NCAA at Gonzaga. Yeah. Yvonne's Yvonne's gonna be in I, I think she'll be a WNBA player. Uh she she's something special. So yeah, great to see Alberta based players particularly doing so well. And uh three X three is coming back to Edmonton for pre Olympics in early July. Yeah, we bumped it to July 5th to the 7th. We'll be back at the fan park. Uh, we'll have the world tour on the men's side, on the women's side, led by Team Canada. Uh, that'll be the tune-up, uh, the final tune-up for the women leading into the Olympics this year. Canada still has to qualify. We're very confident they will have qualified by that time. And we're going to be growing. So we'll be growing the uh, the FIBA 3X3 event, and we'll be growing our Hoop City event, which is the local event. We want to double that in size this year. So we're really looking forward to uh, more very dynamic pre-Olympic 3X3 this year. Awesome stuff, Paul. I appreciate it, man. Always, Jason. Always the best. That's uh, Paul Sir from uh, Basketball Bird. If you watch it on uh, online cons, every time I watch Paul, I think he's in like some sort of you know movie. It's got his hair all slicked back. It's got like the it's a little. Uh, I don't know what he's doing with his, uh, his background. Uh, obviously, I know it's some computerized thing, but uh, does, is it just me or does he not look like he's in some sort of movie? It's kind of in the Matrix there a little bit. A little he bit. had the different background before. Yes. It looked like he was at like uh, I don't know a mansion. Pablo Escobar, and now he's going with the blur. So, <laughs> the life of Paul. I <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, coming up, the big man, Vincent DeHarnay, here on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 14 for you. Update you on our uh, month of giving. We had a great first hour. I love it. So, we'll keep that rolling after a Connor Halley Sports 1440 update. Brought to you by. BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.